Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> God damn it. That was awesome. That stays in. That stays in the show. Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. Go, go, go. No, it's my welcome. Oh, my God. (laughs) No, Ty goes to Jason. Yeah, no, I'm going to give it to Jason this week. Jason, you go right ahead. Who's that alphabet? Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. I'm Spencer Hall, editorial director at SB Nation. And I'm Jason Kirk, college football editor at SB Nation. Actually, joining us in the frozen hinterlands of Brooklyn, New York, or some other part of New York. I'm Mike Prada, NBA editor at SB Nation. In Queens, New York, where there is a car lot, of all things, in New York City. Last thing you'd expect to see, there's a car lot. What's up, Queens? Yeah, go Mets. 50 cents from there. Go go 50. It's Ryan Nanny. Ryan, uh, how are you weathering uh, the conditions up there? Um, it's not great because Spencer, I think, tweeted this morning that down in Atlanta, he said uh, something to the effect of, I'm outside and it feels super nice and I don't know what to do about it. And for some reason, it was the weather today. It's the best fucking weather possible. It's like the weather where you're like, is there a hurricane in the Gulf of Mexico or something? There's so much wind. Actually, Jason, you're correct. There is actually a tropical depression and hurricane. We have this, this effect in Georgia where you can tell the weather in Mexico. And when it's really good, that means it's really bad in Mexico. Yeah, so for some reason, I just assumed that because the weather was really good in, in Atlanta, it was probably going to be good in New York as well. And it was pretty st- close. It was hot as shit today. So whenever it's almost like I should have done my own research and not relied on Spencer's tweets for the weather. <laughs> not so relied like, on a single deranged tweeter <laughs> for my weather forecast from, from like 900 miles away. So like Mexico and New York have the same weather. But I think why I uh, like, yes, that's correct. And I think why I listen to Spencer is that I suspect Spencer is like me in that he just runs super warm all the time. All the damn time. Just like. Like a like a refrigerator that's totally broken. Yeah, Spencer's chalked up the virtue of keeping of like having the shoulder towel and dabbing. Maybe you should try that. Right wow, now. is that yeah. really a thing you're doing now, dude? No, I'll do that on hot days. You got to do that. We yeah. had no, we had dudes in high school who did that. No, when you get over, well, listen, when you get over two hundred pounds and you live south of a certain point, yeah, you're gonna go ahead and and carry a shoulder towel. You're just gonna do it. Because I saw dudes doing it around Atlanta, and I thought, oh, that's a bit much. Nope. <laughs> and now nope. it's your life. Now it's standard. God. Now it's, well, jeez. To- no, you should totally do that. It's a lifesaver. Is it like a white gym towel, or does it have a pattern or a color? No, yeah, like, no, like, you're not going to go like beach towel, and you're not going to go like fancy lacy towel. Right. Just something that would pair with a white tee. I see. So this is sort of the Atlanta version of carrying around a handkerchief. Exactly. Right. You just, yeah, you just, if you slap someone with it, then yeah. you're in a duel and you have to compare your cars. Wow. Yeah. Spen- or your mixtapes or you know. Spencer's mixtape is pretty fire. It is. It's way better than most dudes it's, with other towels. It's mostly Michael McDonald. It's most towels. The dudes with towels circuit. <laughs> That's all we do is we get together, snap each other with towels, and then compare mixtapes and we're like respect. I, I assume lose. I assume Trooper Taylor is the leader of this particular Warriors gang. Uh, he is our pope. <laughs> he hopes to establish a caliphate mm-hmm. for the dudes with towels one day. <laughs> oh, Talifit. Oh, super, super Taylor. Talifit, yeah. We worship you. The Taliban. <laughs> <He's our leader. laughs> 
Jesus Christ. This is a good start. This is a great start. This is our Big 12 preview episode. (laughs) It is. It is. Hey, listen. Is there any part of the nation that's more concerned about being invaded by foreigners than the middle of the country? (laughs) That's true. Than the well-armed, extremely scared, and not all that aware middle of the country? No. It's perfect. Jade Helms, Jade Helms, a four-star recruit that Auburn's doing real well with. Last I heard, that does sound like the name of a, of a yeah, some some three-star somewhere named Jade Helm. I want, I want, I'll buy it. I want Cliff Kingsbury just come out and say, "Yeah, we're running the Jade Helm defense this year. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to take over Texas. It's where you, it's where you, <laughs> worry, it's where you worry about. <laughs> we're going to take over Texas recruiting with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic." The Jade Helm defense is where you walk around worrying about the wrong things. It's, <laughs> exactly. And that's pretty much the Texas Tech defense. <laughs> Just face, facing completely the wrong way to your actual threat in life. <laughs> Flow to the wide receiver. The thing about the Jade Helm defense is that all the, all the threats are from within. So the secondary is just looking at the linebackers like, I know you're going to pull, motherfucker. <laughs> and I'm ready for it. I'm ready for that block from the safety. It's coming. <laughs> The the thing I wanted to actually open the Big 12 podcast, and I this is my first one back after a festive trip to Mexico where I did not climb a volcano. I climbed most of a volcano. You climbed like 80% of a volcano, 85. Oh, yeah, like well over 80% of that volcano. That's a that's a B plus. Dude, that's just pretty much my GPA, yeah. <laughs> Go Gators. Better B plus. Go Gators. Uh, but this is my first one back, so I wanted to go ahead and break in with an easy discussion. Today on Twitter, uh, a discussion with M. Brown. Hi, Miles. He's not listening to this. There's no way he's listening to this. Uh, he's an NBA fan, and he was wondering what game, what, what sports video game, had inspired the most rage. Because he thought Madden had ruined the most lives, and he still might be right about that. Because Madden is huge. Like, I know that the three of us are primarily college football fans. We do not do a whole lot of playing of Madden. It happens from time to time, maybe more often now that there's not an NCAA game. But it's an obsession for a lot of people. Um, It's probably caused more sex, sleep, and productivity losses in this country than I think a number of drugs. Like certainly Quaaludes. Like Madden, because they don't make Quaaludes anymore. Way ahead of that. Yeah, agree. Agree. But the one game that I thought needed to be mentioned for being the sports video game that is the most rage-inducing, the one that has angered the most people and the one that has the most frustrating dynamic and has caused the most forcible ejections of PlayStations, Xboxes, controllers, TVs, uh, furniture, and the most fistfights is FIFA. Yeah. I mean, assuming assuming Mario Kart doesn't count as a sports game. Mm. Because I oh. do have a friend who in college was a, had a running Mario Kart showdown with one of his roommates. And I think he was leading the matchup uh, something like 370 wins to 298. But he lost that day in a way that he thought was bullshit. And he chucked his controller across the room into the little standard half wall that separates an apartment kitchen in college from the apartment living room 
Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he punctured that half wall, hit a water pipe, flooded his apartment and the apartment <laughs> below him. <laughs> I'm going to win. That dude played as Wario. There's no way he's not a Wario yeah, Mario Kart he's, player. He's, he, he was a Wario in college, too, in a lot of ways. Yeah, <laughs> he won. That's he what did. you're telling me. He did. He won. He farted pure thermonuclear fire, and he won. <laughs> wow. But other than him, I think you're probably right about FIFA, a game I have not played, but that's only because it, does, it doesn't seem fun based on everybody else. Well, it doesn't make people happy. That's no. Sure. No, there's no – I mean, it's, it's, I will say FIFA is perfectly designed because it is a lot like soccer. There are these buildups, and you can get right in front of the goal with nothing in front of you, and your guy will – he'll just bork the ball 45 degrees the wrong way. Or you'll hit the wrong button and pass. So you can, pl- you can outplay your opponent for like 85% of the match but still lose by two goals? Easily. Oh, easily. God. And if you have the difficulty set to anything spicy at all, then you could be up 2-0 with three minutes of injury time left. And it can all come crashing down around your ears easily. That's all pretty realistic, though. It is realistic. I'm telling you, that's the People worst. People just part. don't like soccer. Yeah, the worst part about FIFA is that I think it accurately renders soccer. Soccer doesn't <laughs> that's, make that's so, its biggest mistake. Soccer doesn't make people happy either. So soccer doesn't pull no fucking punches. You can't punch. You can kick though. No, no, no. It'll, and it'll cut your head off at any point. You can dominate the match, and suddenly, boop, own goal. <laughs> My personal frustration with FIFA comes from trying to be worldly and actually play it like once a year and then like try to kick in like the the demo tutorial mode and it like lands on top of the stadium and like oh man this game's hard I I'm going I'll try again next year so I mean my my personal time with it is like literally 100% frustration so I'll agree with Spencer here although I will also state that a game of great frustration for me was a Nintendo game. All the way back to the NES, RBI Baseball. Because mm. mm. I used to play with my dad. And he'd have some like broke dick shortstop who was batting ninth or batting eighth in the order. Or ninth in an AL game. And he was always the Tigers. And they had this guy, Tom Brookins. Tom Brookins was like a guy who only hit home runs. He was like, you know, one of these, like, I batted 222 and I hit 24 home runs and had 28 hits on the year. Like, that kind of dude. And I don't know what it was about that game, but the programming ensured that the person who had the guy who only hit home runs and literally no other hit, if you actually played that person over 162 games, he'd hit like 90 home runs. It's the best hitter in the damn game. And I would complain about it. But Spike Owen, for some reason, I cleaned up with Spike Owen off of the Boston Red Sox in that game. And he only had one home run and a two thirty one average. So, like, was this game just racist and, like, all the little white guys are all... It was! It was the most racist game! Gritty. They're just gritty, man. There's nothing wrong with that. All of the, like, the apparently Japanese programmers in the 80s were just as susceptible to the gritty white guy narrative as sports writers. Because if you had a gritty white guy like Dykstra in that game, it's unstoppable. This is Kurt Schilling in that game? Oh, my God. <laughs> and he throws up the one-armed salute after that home run. <laughs> so classy. <laughs> uh, yeah, but those, those are like the most rage-inducing games. I've never, like, NBA 2K, NCAA, I've never had a problem with those. Uh, Tiger was, okay, I 
I got Ooh, Antonio. the golf games. Go, oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, okay. No. I just took that back. Yeah, it's the golf games. <laughs> well, the, a- gol- the golf games are not helped by the fact that at some point you're like, holy shit, I just played a golf game for two hours. I played it for 10 golf games. I didn't even get to go outside. What's wrong with <laughs> I didn't me? didn't even get to stand in the sun. What's <laughs> wrong with me? You, you didn't spend $150, though. The golf games, the amazing thing is it, like, massively tones down the frustration of playing actual golf. Yeah. And still make you want to sell your all the electronics in your home. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, too, the original NASCAR game for Xbox, playing that, I would be in the lead and my dad jackass of jackasses that my dad is would attempt to wreck me on the final which was funny like you know maybe seven out of ten times when he would you know miss hit the wall burst into flame but on those like three out of ten times when he managed to actually wreck me on that because leading bristol one time and he put me into the pit wall cut my car in half that was all right that, that, I'm going to move that up to, like, the three spot. At wow. Least. So, like, in the NASCAR game, he somehow got the Mario Kart purple shell. Yeah. Yeah, like, where he's tailing you, and the point of tailing you isn't to win, but to wreck you so that neither of you win. Now, I am going to speak out in favor of NCAA on the frustration scale. It's probably the sports game I've played the most, maybe, um, as a series. But, like... It won't have that like steady, consistent, frustrating thing about it. It'll just every couple years, there'll be something will pop up that's just horribly, horribly broken. Like, how did they not? How? 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 How, how did this slip through? Like, I think it was like 2012, 2013. It was at least a couple years in a row where the linebackers do these superhuman feats whenever you throw over the middle. Sometimes not even over the middle. You throw it to the sideline, and the middle linebacker somehow picks it off. And then you also have like the defensive back does like the Willie Mays catch like as if you passed it to him and picks off your pass. And like it shouldn't be that frustrating because the game is, you know, really easy and you can put up 85 points. But it's those key interceptions that just are completely impossible that like to this day I'm mad and it's just a video game. And it was like five years ago. Yeah, if you you go ahead, Brian. You know, the sports sports video game that has never given me any any frustration whatsoever and that, what? w- that would be Def Jam Fight for New York <laughs> that's just good times it's just I don't you can I, right now if you said hey uh, would you like to be exhibit and beat the shit out of Sean Paul yeah like where do I sign up I'll do this right would you now like, would you like Redman to say some stuff about putting your eyeball on his knee yeah Absolutely. Well, he, he's going to say a lot. The frustrating part is when you get to Snoop and he's really strong. Yeah, it is. Which is it, it total visual inaccurate. disconnect there because, like, no, he's not strong. And also, he's not going to be motivated, motivated enough to move quickly ever. Ever. But other than that. But they got Bubba Sparks in this damn game. You can, yeah. you can use Bubba Sparks and fight Eric Sermon. And in real life, that would be one of the wheeziest battles. Ghostface has his actual giant eagle bracelet. There is There is a story... <laughs> There is a story going around that Ghostface was fucking impossible to work with when they made this game because he was like, yo, what if the eagle came to life and like pecked out my <laughs> opponent's eyes? And they were like, this is grounded in some reality. This this is a wrestling game. This is not this is not like a Lord of the Rings game, which I would also <laughs> like to play as Ghostface in. Oh yeah. Seamless. The Hobbit, fight for the 36 chambers. The man with the giant eagle bracelet. <laughs> I uh... I, I would also put 
one of the original Fight Night games in there. I don't know if you ever played the Fight Night games. In terms of stress-free living, they were pitifully easy on the right difficulty, and you could knock your opponent out by hitting him in the balls, mm-hmm. which is great. Oh, really? just a, oh yeah, it's great. Was you get yelled at for it? Oh, yeah, you, you get yelled at for it, but, you know, he's still knocked out. True. Yeah, you can't, you know? un- you can't undo that. We're going to take a point away from you. After the pros and cons of your opponent being on the ground. <laughs> after you knocked a dude out. And it was great. His face was animated. It's just, the, you know, like, it was a different face. It wasn't like, oh, you hit me in the stomach. It was, no, you hit me in the nuts. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. This is the Big 12 episode, so we actually do have to discuss uh, the Big 12 at one point. Um, I did get to do what I hadn't gotten to do the entire summer, which was sit down with... With my previews, with my Bill C, Your Bill C's, yeah. With uh, with a little bit, a little bit of Phil Steele, because I tend to go blind after reading like three or four dash. Oh, that's Steel. old school. I like that though. I like that you're like, hey, you know, Bill C's out here making fine, excellent cuisine. But sometimes I want a hungry man. <laughs> it is definitely. It is sometimes a, I want to look at a damn racing form. Sometimes, sometimes I want to read the Doctor Bronner's soap label of college football previews. And much like a hungry man, Phil Steele's previews made eight months ago. You got to reheat them. Just got it. They've been in deep freeze, and they, they can, all weigh, they all weigh exactly one pound. That's what we give to the astronauts when they go up to the International Space Station. Um. Eat this so, preview of Virginia Tech. It will give you life. <laughs> so I was looking down at Madagascar and reading about how Michael Brewer is going to win the Heisman. <laughs> <laughs> Which we got a question about. Somebody asked if we would buy them cookout if Michael Brewer won the Heisman. Dude, I will buy you a cookout that Michael <laughs> Brewer Because <laughs> it ain't happening. Sure, I'll buy you an entire cookout franchise if that happens. I will not do that. We will come to your house. And cook you a cookout. Yeah, legal department of SB Nation to disavow the statement. Um, yeah, I, I did actually get to read and sort of catch up and like confirm and or deny thoughts based on data. And am I insane for thinking that the Big Twelve is is actually pretty difficult, top to bottom, if we take out Kansas? It is. It is difficult in the sense. I mean, there are probably some other teams I might take out of there too. Who else would you take out? If we're going to go ahead and just take... You know, you know the name you're thinking, and you know why it's wrong. Okay. I'll just say it. You'll tell me why it's wrong. Iowa State, go. Because you got to go to Ames, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, you're not ready for all this clean water. I like that, that, I like that that's something that people actually be like, dude, you got to go to Ames. Gotta yeah, people have go been Ames. going to Ames. People have been going to Ames for a while. Yeah, I'd love to look at, like... Iowa State's actual record in Ames, and it's probably just like, oh, yeah, because we've, we've really built this up. Three twenty-six. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm I'm guilty of it too. Like, oh, I don't know, it's a Thursday night in Ames. Yeah, people have been dealing with those pretty well. It has it has achieved the level of urban myth that is based on true events, where we're sort of like, oh yeah, you know, families move into that house every year and. They leave screaming and covered in blood. And it's like, eh, it was just the one time, and it was because there was a feral cat. Yeah. And they won two games last year. That Ooh. feral cat is on the hot seat, though. <laughs> that feral cat? <laughs> starting quarterback. Yeah. They were sending animal control after him. It might get ugly. That and that and this, they haven't really been improving over the last two years. No. Three no. years. They've, they've have, they're running out of Sam Richardson's. 
Mark among Man- other things. Mark Mangino can only do so much with this clay. He wants to sculpt. <laughs> he wants to sculpt, but unfortunately, it's that like foam, that oh, yeah. clay foam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It so, just springs right back. It's cool whip. Yeah, I don't think. Um, I don't think you're looking at a team that's going to make a bowl. I don't think you're looking at a team that's going to be competitive. I don't think you're even looking at a team that's going to steal a game that it shouldn't. They may be, they might beat Iowa, but that doesn't mean anything at this point. But yes, no. outside of that, there are not a lot of matchups where you look and say, oh, the favorite here should be, you know, given 16 points or something like that. There are some. Outside of those two teams that make the whole nine-game schedule thing kind of, eh, yeah. everyone else is, everyone else is, pretty, is at least... Potentially at least challenge something, right. you know, something you do, whether As it's Texas Tech's offense, Texas's defense. Presents potential stress of some sort. And, and the big argument for them being good this year is this, that they, they, don't have to, they don't have to do a lot of learning on offense. And they can be, I think, what people hope is efficient, right? I don't know if hoping on efficiency is really your best bet, right? Like when they're like, yeah, we hope that you're efficient and you don't turn the ball over. Um, ever? Because that that's not going to do it. That would be which kind team of, is this? Uh, that that'd be Iowa State. <laughs> that would be. That would I be, sort of couldn't believe that we were still talking about Iowa State. That would I be guess. kind yeah. of amazing if at the end of the season we were like, "Holy shit! Iowa State only turned the ball over twice, and they won three games." And like somehow they were both in the Texas game. Big Twelve refs. <laughs> <laughs> Those damn Big 12 refs just taking checks from those big cowboys. Another one of my favorite Big 12 things that Texas's dominance extends to actually getting calls on the field, like individual custom calls. If, if, I mean, let, me, let me say this. If Texas boosters are paying off Big 12 refs and all they're getting from it is eking out wins over Iowa State, they need to demand more for their money. Way more. Like, the ref should be throwing you a 30-point win over the Cyclones. Dude, the ref should be detailing your car. Yeah. Oh, actually, uh, Steve Patterson there, doesn't, there doesn't are allow Texas employees to have happening. cars anymore. Yeah, that's true. Let's not forget, there is footage of a Big 12 ref celebrating a Texas touchdown on the field <laughs> oh, I mean, as it happened. Hey, man, uh, it was just inspiring. It was a really good play. It was a great play. I mean, I would have celebrated, too, if I were a normal person and not a ref. <laughs> being paid by Texas Booster. <laughs> I mean, of all the conspiracy theories in the sport, this is the one I am not in a hurry to debunk. <laughs> when people say, oh, Texas always gets the calls, I just say, that's an interesting theory. That's, I, I am not, not going to try and steer you away from that one. Mm-hmm. Texas gets a lot of calls. Yeah, well, they did, they did get one. They did get a second. They did get a second. That, they, hey, there's one. That that one was probably right, but I mean, like Oklahoma State two years ago, uh, the play that turned the game was totally wrong. Big Twelve basically had to come out and apologize for it, I believe. I mean, I ain't saying I'm just saying. Hey, we're talking about the Texas Longhorns, another team. I think you can just take out of the like influential and important this year. What is the you goal? Can... What is the goal for Texas this year to be the fifth best team in the conference? Fourth. Like what is the achievable ceiling? I think fourth would be fourth would be good. pretty great, right? Fourth would that, be. I mean, for, if you're fourth, then you're like sort of the best of the the second the, group, the best of the everyone but the three teams that are actually you're, good. You're the JV MVP. I mean, if if you come out and you're better than um, Oklahoma State, K State, West Virginia, I think that's pretty good. That is pretty good. You're right. 
I mean, you're only the richest program in the country. I mean, if will, you're better than Kansas State, we'll, wow. We'll have to. I pay, mean, we'll have to paper over the fact that you lost to Cal. But here's the sick. Like, here's the sick thing. Take Texas and then look at Texas and offensively. Who, if you were following the Texas Twitter sphere this week, uh, observers at practice were saying things like this. Yeah, I think there's only two or three teams who our offensive people would start on in the conference. Hmm, that's good. Yeah, or, yeah, we've only got one or two guys who really should be like FBS caliber and offensively. Listen, they're just Texas, though. It's not like we're talking Iowa State here. So, like, seriously, if you're taking teams like Iowa State and Kansas, you just put down there, but offensively, just offensively alone, because yeah. defensively, they're going to be fine. I think yep. they'll be able to, I mean, even with depth concerns and even with, like, Charlie Strong shuffling people uh, in and out of the lineup, they're going to be okay. I, I think they'll be acceptable defensively. But offensively, like, there's Kansas, there's Iowa State, and then everyone else Texas is looking up at in terms of offensive quality, right? Uh, you can make that case. I mean, K-State probably isn't going to score a billion points this year, but you, you at least sort of know what they'll do. And they, they'll do it. They'll do believe, it with You purpose. kind of believe they actually like their quarterback, you know? Yeah, even though I'm sure he's like a converted janitor. Even though no one, no one has ever heard of him. This is a stray dog I found. <laughs> he's he's going to have 2,000 at 1,000 this year. He's going to be a sexist, like... He's going to be was, a fifth round draft. There was a lawsuit about who's the offensive coordinator, <laughs> and I don't think anyone knows. <laughs> and and the lawsuit focused around denying. <laughs> the There's two court. guys in court saying this is not my fault. <laughs> I mean, this is actually happening. We're not making any of this up. We've never told a lie. On the there was a lawsuit over who was Texas's OC, and it's, as far as I know, not settled yet. Oh boy, everything is fine. <laughs> yeah, it's it's August 25th, and you don't have a quarterback, but it's cool. They That's did, fine. He did name a starter today. I think. Yeah, but Joe, yeah. did Joe, Charlie Strong name him? or? No, 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 no. He just pointed at a picture of him. Did that guy. <laughs> that yes. one. This nope. young man. Number, Does... eight, number 18. This <laughs> young man right here. See, Charlie Strong. I have a lot to say about this young man. Charlie Strong is so worried about the O'Bannon lawsuit that he's refused to use <laughs> players' names at all. Any names. The, these are just names, generic. Likeness. The, I don't the, even recognize them. The I got rock, face blindness. The depth chart I put together just happens to, to resemble some of these players, but we're not using their likenesses. That's it just doesn't even have it doesn't have numbers. Purely <laughs> circumstantial. We have all the players wear this like silk <laughs> mask of a face. I've, so it's all rejected. Even, I've yeah. told him to gain forty pounds before game one so that we can uh, claim that it's not the same player. We're taking the names off off the back of the jerseys. These are all about teams, and also Steve yeah. Patterson's afraid of getting sued. Yeah, also, also Steve, you know, Steve Patterson's like, if you want your name back, that'll be twenty three dollars a person. <laughs> Steve that, Patterson, he's a, he's one of them fucking video games where you got to pay seven dollars to level up. That's he's that the, dude. He, he's mm-hmm. the Kim Kardashian gamer, right? Like, would you like the lipstick? That'll be eighteen credits. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, that game where I respect him though. Yeah, at least that one's creative. Can you name the uh, likely starter, by the way, for Kansas State? You can't. I could. Hell no. Uh, no? Uh, Jake. Josh. Mm-hmm. Derek. Clint. I'm impressed. Both, Clint? Both first string and second string. Both start with a J. It's a Joe Hubner. Joe. Joe. <laughs> Joe Hubner. Jehoshaphat. And Jesse Ertz is the back. Jesse. Jesse Ertz. 
Joe and Jesse. Jesse. Tuesdays on ABC. Gerald McRaney in Joe and Jesse. Joe and Jesse. Two guys living together. Trying to, make it in the, trying to make it in the little apple. Uh, I'll give you a head uh, a highlight here. Apparently, Joe Hubner played in seven games last year, and he threw 17 passes. And he's gonna like seriously. He'll be like a 2,008, like 2,000 yards passing, 800 yards rushing. He's a he's a former walk on who is a tough physical runner with a strong arm. Oh, that's some Kansas State Jesus. right there. Yeah, mm. ship it. Yeah. Oh, finished fifth in a Kansas State track meet in javelin. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Cannon. Oh, and his <laughs> Joe. So he's got the fifth strongest arm on campus. Is that yeah. what I'm gathering? He's from Columbus. He was born in Columbus. This gets so much better. His his younger siblings are Justin, Jonathan, and Jason. Oh, oh God. one of those. Yeah. It sounds like he's a family that Laura Ingalls Wilder encountered. At some point in her childhood, Joe was a good boy. Slow, but but kind. Pa gave him five barrels of corn. He sur- you know, everyone in my immediate family has J's, so I can't really talk. He survived typhus. Typhus survived him, some would say. Uh, that's why he's a starter. Um, looking to here, the, the other plot line in the Big 12, besides depth, because it's tricky. Like, I think this is a fairly deep conference. Right, I, I might argue. I wouldn't argue that it was deeper than it's deeper than the ACC, whatever that means. Sure, I'll go with yeah. that. Hey, you you know? can say big, deep, deeper than the Big Ten. It's, I think you could say third deepest conference. It's deeper in the way that you look at a public pool and you're like, well, that that part says seven feet, but that part says eight and a half. Right. So I'm gonna dive in eight and a half. Yeah, but I don't know how well any of this is measured. <laughs> right. Right. And the pool doesn't have water, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> one, one thing about depth is it only has 10 teams. So, true. Th- that, that's sort of. Because, yeah. like, you could have an ACC schedule that's, like, really hard, you know, which, if, if, you, if, you, if you have bad luck. Which I should point out if they had Boise State and BYU in this conference this year, we would probably be like, this conference is good. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I think, yeah, I think that, would, that would help. I mean, I think you could say that anyway. I just think it's a little slept on because of what happened last year. Right. You know, but you do, you do know what's going to happen this year, right? Hmm. Like, last year was all about the fight between Baylor and TCU, one true champion, etc., etc. But in many ways, deciding who is better between two teams is not that difficult. And it's not like it was difficult for the playoff committee. They just weren't impressed by the team they thought was better. What's going to happen this year? We're going to get that sweet three-way tie. Baylor, TCU, Oklahoma. It's going to fuck everything up. It's going to be beautiful. Which yeah. is, which has happened before. Yeah. You've had that, like, the Big 12 is very good at going into November with people where you're like, ah, they could all end up 11-1. and one. Yeah. There, right? there, is, there is, I feel very good about, like, a, a, a bizarre, disastrous three-team three tie at yeah. the top of the conference. And I know that Oklahoma, <clears throat> by hiring Lincoln Riley... Uh, has allegedly fixed its offensive problems, but I don't think that's the totality of what you're looking at in terms of what's wrong with Oklahoma. Are you trying to say having defensive backs like flee the line of scrimmage is also a problem? Yeah, uh, maybe, and never adjusting. Never. 
like as in the Baylor Oklahoma game where you watch guys just bailing and bailing, and then when they started to creep a little bit up, Baylor did the most obvious thing and just started running vert behind it, just running nine routes all the way down the field. Yeah, and never adjusting and never playing intelligent football. But defensively, the same people are still in charge, and the yeah. same philosophy is still there. And in their losses, like their wins are, are you know, exactly what you think they'd be. Like you know, forty-five, thirty-three, thirty-four, ten over uh, Tennessee. Uh, but their losses, their losses are all just hemorrhaging yardage and points. So they, yeah, they might have fixed things <laughs> offensively, but. I don't know if that's going to get them real far. Yeah, but they were also they were eight points away from winning eleven games instead of eight. Like there was there was there was a degree of, hey, how did we how did we lose to Kansas State? Oh, that's right, our field goal kicker just forgot what he does. Uh, how many how many other losses was it? You know, they didn't score any. Like they got they get Clemson totally ate up their offense but yes. how many other games was it where it was like you know oh the offense just couldn't get off the ground baylor 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 I mean, other it, than that, that was that was more the defense's fault than the offenses right yeah well, they, they and, only put up 14 points but yeah I yeah mean, that's they, true that's true. they lost 30 like <laughs> losing 31 30 to kansas state that was that just, was that was brutal that that's was what happened like the first conference home loss in three years or something a while. It had been a while. That sucked really bad. Or at TCU, they lose 37-33 to a really good TCU team. Like, I don't know if they fixed the right side of the ball. Yeah, to me, switching from, like, this burly running offense to the air raid. And, I mean, they fucking change their offense, like, every two or three years at least. Like, think of how many different Oklahoma offenses there have been, like, since, you know, Stoop. Stoops hired Mike Leach to bring like the 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 full fledged raw uncut air raid over, and then that sort of morphed through the Mangino Kevin Wilson stuff, and then you know a few years later they're trotting out like Tim Tebow Jr. at quarterback, and then you know they flip to the like uh, we're just going to hand it to this guy eight times and it'll be fine, and now all of a sudden they're the air raid again. Like to me, it's just shuffling the deck when the real issue is the other side of the ball. Who uh, who coordinates who coordinates that see, again? See. Uh, he, the last name he has a last name that I, for some reason it's Soups stops. It's Stoops is what's coming to mind, but that's the head coach's last name. It's not the same, is it? I don't know. Is it his brother? No, nah, man. His brother. That'd be no? weird. That's yeah, who do that? Who do that? I'd hire your brother and then keep him when like he's getting called out by former players on national TV on and on Twitter. I think I think Bob just is hoping Mike will get the hint and that he doesn't have to be the one to drop that axe cuz they like I think almost every position coach on that defense is new this year or damn near yeah, close to a it. Gigantic overhaul on the coaching staff. And they even Except- re- they even reassigned <laughs> like I think Stoops was what was he secondary coach and DC and now he's just yeah, DC. He- yeah, it was yeah. something like that. He switched around which position group he's in charge of so in addition to the defense. I think he's just hoping Mike will glean the information from what's going on around him. But, man, it's not happening. It's just not happening. And they the- could have a good defense. Like, maybe all that maybe all that shuffling will help. I don't know. But it's just... 
he said, "What a weird way to go around it." He go said supremely it. confidently. I know it's just it's just weird that you look at Texas Oklahoma and you're like, "Okay, so there are these two sick old men of the conference make out." Right? Yeah. Why don't y'all? Well, sure. Yeah. Make out. You look at that, like if we had said three years ago, four years ago, gone, okay, so Baylor and TCU, those are givens. Right. <laughs> you know. It can't be overstated how weird this time in history is. Yeah, it's a very odd time in the conference, you know. And like, what are we worried about with Baylor? Um, well, they're going to have a Baylor quarterback. That's literally their only question mark, is we don't know how Baylor of a quarterback he is. Like, TCU, their question is they lost some linebackers. Oh, God, where's Gary Patterson going to find some linebackers Stress. who are better than, like, who are good enough to shut down a couple Big 12 running games? He has like, no track record no of developing that Baylor talent. And so. Yeah, he's literally never had a good defensive player. <laughs> but Oklahoma, I don't know if they can play any defense. Oklahoma! Yeah. I mean, times. like, like in a lot of ways, like the givens that you're looking at, uh, Oklahoma State has a few more than Oklahoma. I do like that West Virginia has taken more defensive strides than Oklahoma yeah. has. <laughs> Which West is... Virginia, West Dana Holgerson, <laughs> West Virginia might have a better defense than Texas or Oklahoma. Texas and yeah. Texas's defense is going to be pretty good. Even Texas Tech was like, yeah, we'll we'll try something new. Yeah, I Even actually Texas really like Tech. that hire. I mean, it's not like they've got any. Ta- it's not like they've got a whole lot more talent. No. But they're playing a style of of defense now, which after the mysterious firing of their defensive coordinator, what mid season last year? Did he fire or did he quit? Uh, there I were he all quit. sorts of. That, that was one where there were all sorts of rumors, and no one ever really got to the bottom and, of it. Yeah, can we put it this way? He was departed. He was gone, <laughs> and then I think he started consulting with other Big Twelve teams that were going to play Texas Tech. Sounds right. It was some shady shit. And then what they replaced him with was the guy from Houston whose whole thing is just, hey, we're going to give up some points, but we're going to go get that ball. Yeah. <laughs> Which Ex- exactly. fits. Yeah, exactly. Like, like they've now got, uh, I believe it's David Gibbs, their yeah. new defensive coordinator, basically playing the smash and grab defense. They're playing the air raid on both sides of the ball. Exactly. Like it's, just, it's a totally coherent philosophy. Give me the ball. Give me the ball. Just give me the ball. Give me the ball. Like, I, I don't think Texas Tech is going to be uh, mediocre enough to get, I think, Cliff in any real trouble particularly because of the investment they've made in him but at the same time they're sort of i think they're one of the big 12s most like at least this is gonna sound weird they're one of the most ideologically coherent teams they're trying to do the same thing in every single phase of the game Mm. which is give me the ball just give me the ball just move move the ball somewhere the ball has to be moving at all times (laughs) just get the ball my ball visual visual acuity is based on movement the ball is a shark and we can't let it die yeah, just keep it moving. Just keep give the ball. ball it's 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 a crank, is what it is, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's, it's crank, crank, crank the, the team. Defense. Give me that. Give me those battery cables. Put them on my tongue. Doesn't matter. Let's go. I know this is. This is sounding pretty fun. I'm I, I'm yeah. I'm into Texas Tech. Yeah, this no, I mean, fun. Like I mean, it might not work, but I, I respect the ideological purity at work there. Right. Yeah, like none of this, like, we're going to play lockdown, Ben, don't break defense, and we're going to try to st- score 60 points. You don't get to do both of those. No, 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 they're pretty, they're pretty honest about it. They're like, yeah, this is arena ball. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're very, very, very much aware of exactly what we are. We're not good enough to do that. So what we need to do is send, like, nine guys into coverage and try to snatch the ball or just do a bunch of, like, cover one or cover zero blitzes. Yay! Let's be, watch that. It's gonna be awesome. I don't. I don't think it's gonna go great against Arkansas, personally. But <laughs> no. <laughs> ah, but this that's is an not... early. 
that's one of those early season like intersectional games where you go, yeah, this means nothing. Yeah, we scheduled this a while ago. <laughs> yeah, who? Arkansas is out here apologizing. Who? Yeah, I delayed. This is this is the delayed uh, jury service that you're like, oh, they said I they said I got to show up this time. I put it <laughs> off three years ago. The one thing I do totally trust Texas Tech to do is be really competent on offense. Like I just do. Like Cliff is good at that. That staff will score points. They will, and I mean that even on the Big Twelve curve. I mean even in the Big Twelve. They will put together an offense that you'll look at and go, "Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of legit terrified of them." Yeah, last year they had they they were kind of disappointing on offense last year, but I think they've you know they've they've got in like their eighth identical quarterback of the Kingsbury era already, Pat, and like that'd be Pat Mahomes, right? Settled with this guy, and they return a whole bunch of weapons. So, yeah, sounds about right on to me. Can yeah. I, can I ask the question that I that I have no answer to? Whatever. Uh. Sounds perfect. What do we think about Oklahoma State right now? <laughs> that that's like that's speaking of rifling through quarterbacks who seem just, the same. Because I'm looking back at last year, and in some senses, I'm saying it's not as bad as I thought it was. Like they hung with Florida State early in that neutral slate game. They beat all of the teams that they were supposed to beat, probably with the exception of Texas. They, they got hammered by the good teams that they played, but then they beat Oklahoma in kind of a stupid game, and they looked pretty good in a bowl game win over Washington. But I, I just, I don't know. Is this a good team anymore? Or is this just like so. a so-so I mean, team? I guess we don't really know what to expect this year, but the thing going into last year, if y'all recall, was like, how can a team be this inexperienced? Right. It was like... You you looked down the two deep and it was like red line, red line, red line, red line, red line. It was little rascals. And like, there was nothing coming back. It was like a from scratch team. And yeah, they hung with the defending champs and they turned in what seven wins and they beat their rivals. They like, beat they beat their rivals. But they beat their rivals. They beat their rivals in a kneecapper. Yeah. That, was, that was that was the worst game that I watched most of last year. <laughs> other than other than those Thursday night ACC games. Do I remember? Yeah. Do I remember this correctly? And then it was three quarters of sludge. And yeah, then, like, and then it was like, holy shit, this is paying <laughs> off. Somehow I knew this would come through. I, I want, by the way, I want an app that just alerts me to when nothing has happened for three quarters in a rivalry game so I can flip over to the fourth quarter because that's what always happens. You if mean, just, yeah, yeah. If there's just three quarters of garbage, that fourth quarter is going to be fire. They're like, oh, Georgia just came back from 20 down to beat Georgia Tech, sorry. Yeah. That. And and then uh, onside kicked or, or, or did the squib kick. That's what it was. Yeah, sorry. I'm talking ACC. That's cool. That, by the way, can I also say, I think Devin Lauderdale for Texas Tech. Devin Lauderdale for Texas Tech is going to be fun to watch this year because he, he's, uh, he's a fast young man who can catch the football. He'll be real good. But going back to Oklahoma State, I have, like, I have no idea. None. That extends to whether Mike Gundy has like what i have no idea what what his job security is right now he could be relatively I feel fine. like he could be on yeah. the brink of death yeah they could build a statue of him and then fire the statue right and i don't feel like either of those are uh are contradictory i don't i feel like they'd be like man you've done so much of this program 
But you got to go. Here's Yeah, here's a check for seven mil. Get out. Like, he wins the title, and it's like, contract extension, fired. Good news. We're building a statue of you. Bad news. You will be inside the statue. Bad news. It has replaced you. It is a carbonite sitch. Sorry. We're going to remember you this way, coach. We've, we've, we've also made a statue of Bobby Petrino. <laughs> <laughs> Who is here doing our salute? He's learning it right now. <laughs> yeah, here. Why don't you do it? Sweet. No, that's not it. That's good. Just that's shoot good. something. That's good, Bobby. <laughs> Bobby Petrino with a gun. Oh, we're going to get you the Dallas Cowboys job in no time, buddy. Can I just say this, though? Oklahoma State's best prospect is that their quarterback passes my rule, that their quarterback has a name. Which has two first names, and it makes equal sense either way. Mason Rudolph. Rudolph, Rudolph Mason. Mason. So congratulations. That's like eight wins right there. Yep. I would also point, if we are looking to... I mean, we're like... I don't want to yada yada Baylor and TCU. Like, oh, yeah, you know, they're going to be good. But, but they're all yada yada. They're going to be great. They're going to be really fun to watch. They're stocked. They're playing a really, 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 I think, efficient brand of football for what both teams are and if TCU's defense if TCU's defense is like as good as I think Gary Patterson can make it by the end of the year oh my god don't look directly at them I'm also excited because I think coming off of last season and feeling both equally bitterly disappointed that they didn't get a playoff spot both of these teams are going to be going to every game thinking well let's win by 45 Oh yeah. Let's let's get like real 2002 Bob Stoops with this and just margin of victory the hell out of this schedule. No, I hadn't even thought about that stuff right now, but no, yeah. there'll, there'll be no let up. Yeah. It's just get extra like extra gas and ordinance the entire season. Cuz they want when you go back they want it to look like they basically wanted to look like really lopsided like AFL matches, right? right? Like, mmm, 63-15. Goodness. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> the Waratura Kookaburras really put it on them there. Like, that's what they want it to look like. They're averaging the- 74 points a game. How are you going to lead them out of the playoff? <laughs> that, that's when people start thinking, well, the Big 12 was down this year. Then they can go back and listen to our podcast and go, oh, no. Well, a- it, it was deep. Man, what thought, what thoughtful depth? Baylor's Man, I, Baylor's averaging more points per game than the New York Knicks. Who's the well, who's the, who's the ruiner in conference? Like the one cuz I mean I have an answer for this. I'm asking to hear what you think. Uh, who's the team that is the ruiner? The one that you know you, you're probably not like, "Oh, okay, they can win." But the one where you're like, "No, they can fuck someone's entire universe up." <laughs> Guess who Baylor plays last? Uh, oh, who? It's Texas. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> mm. I like I actually like Dub V for this spot. Yeah. I like Dub V a lot. Choice. Like they are they are have a fairly young quarterback, but they have some skill talent around him. Um and they have like a fairly competent defense returning, or at least a defense that showed flashes of competence, if not being pretty good last year. They should have a legit not even like good for West Virginia. They should have a good defense right. and like like a top if, you know top if 30, they score top thirty five defense. If they struggle to score for like a month or so, they'll put it together. They'll right. start scoring at some point. Yeah, so I can see West Virginia being the team that ki- I mean they kind of did this last year. That's just like oh well, there goes your season. Sorry, buddy. All right, can I show you West Virginia's position in the schedule of the contenders in conference? Yes, please do. Baylor rolls through nothing. 
Like they have, they go to Texas Tech. Ah, ah, great. And then they run on October seventeenth. They run into the wall that could be West Virginia. Admittedly, that's at home. But sometimes I think being at home, you just get relaxed and fat and happy. And then suddenly you're like, oh, we played Kansas last week, and now we're playing a football team. This is also a football. I don't know. For Baylor, that's a revenge game it thing, is, though. Yeah, there is the revenge thing going you, you on. Say, you say that. but like, Waco Hive's going to be lit. <laughs> I mean, it'll be lit. It usually is. It'll be lit, but they still have to play them, and they still present the same basic problems True. for them. True. And then West Virginia, at, at like TCU plays no one. Like they play a long slag. They play Texas on October third. Well, Minnesota is the best team they play the Sir, first two months of the season. I, I would argue at Manhattan, which is an underrated road spot. But at, they play at Manhattan. They play at Iowa State, and then they play West Virginia. West Virginia is just a speed bump in both of these schedules. Uh, that's like said, the biggest. That said, that West Virginia game, it's on a Thursday. Thursday. Okay, that's a loss. Just chalk it up. No. Uh, unless Joe Tessator. If we can get Joe Tessator yeah. calling it. But they, he, they, they do both get West Virginia at home. So. It's true. But yeah, that's our, uh, th- that's, that's my pick for the ruiner of worlds as far as a team in here. Um, Jason, how many scholarship players does Kansas have? <laughs> well, based on some math Man. by uh, a, a Jake Trotter story today. Um, let's just say they open with South Dakota State, which is a pretty good, uh, a really good FCS team, and they have fewer scheduled, fewer scholarships than that team. I, I think the number was sixty-three, based on Charlie Weiss's uh, JUCO heavy recruiting and so forth. Actually, if you look at their roster, there on a lot of rosters, there's like a column where it lists previous school, and like for most college football rosters, you know, if you go to Bama's, there might be like five, ten players. For Kansas, it's like every third player comes from somewhere else, and they still don't have very many players. They got a guy from School of the Americas on here. Seriously, go look at their roster right now <laughs> and sort the roster by the previous school column, and then like scroll to it. It'll fill up your whole screen. Can I give you my favorite, uh, if you search, Kansas football, and you search news, like just search Google News, right? Like, ah. Oh. Kansas. Let's search Google News. Chiefs? <clears throat> no, 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 no. Um, these are the top headlines. Dismissing Tyler Patman and other ways Charlie Weiss ruined Kansas football. <laughs> Tulsa World five hours ago. How Charlie Weiss left Kansas football in ruins ten hours ago. Kansas football program made it a priority to visit Every high school team in state. <laughs> Yay. So in case you wonder where it's... Oh, I'm a bit further down the page. I'm sorry. I don't want to leave this out of here. Um, Kansas football on Weight Watcher plan. Wait. <laughs> oh, wait. From K from KUSports.com. <laughs> Pardon me. <laughs> Is that a Charlie Weiss joke? Uh, I think so. <laughs> wow. Wow. The so. best the best part about that Jake Trotter article was that it starts with after uh the season where they're deci- deciding who they're going to hire when they eventually pick Charlie Weiss. You know who they were thinking about getting? <laughs> Gus Malzahn. <laughs> Gus Malzahn. And do you know why they didn't go with him? Because Charlie Ooh. was a bigger name. 
I want to give you a. Is quote. that even true? I want to give you. I want to give you a quote from that article. For Kansas, the Malzahn match made too much sense. <laughs> ah! Oh, That's man! Can you imagine him with some some Texas ball players? Because, like, say what Big you 12. say what you will about Notre Dame, a, another program that paid Charlie Weiss a ton of money to not coach their football team. They didn't have a lot of warning. Like they, yeah, there they, was there wasn't a body of work. There wasn't on. a precedent, but Kansas, you, there was a reason Charlie Weiss was a big name, and it wasn't because he had won national championships. Kansas, there were two precedents. I don't know if I've mentioned this on here, but I was with Spencer when the their news came out that uh, Kansas had taken Charlie Weiss off of Florida's hands, mm-hmm. and like uh, we were out some. We, oh, we were out. They, we, we were having a meeting. We were all out, and like soon as the news comes across, he's like demanding everyone show him. Uh, the headlines on different phones just to be sure that, like, no single person is tricking him. Like, such unbridled joy once it was finally confirmed. Is this Kimmel? Did Kimmel do this? Exactly. This is real, right? They actually did this. (laughs) Because you're you're wondering if people are fucking with you. Yeah. That they're going to take this dude who's, like... You've been hurt before. I've been hurt before. And you're wondering if you take, like, the most negligent football coach I have ever seen. Ever. Like, Charlie Weiss coached the worst football game I have ever seen. Like, the single worst coaching job I've ever seen. That was the season opener against Georgia Tech, which is the worst loss in the history of the program to that point, where he decided, oh, just install a spread option at the last minute. Like, you could put it in in a week. <laughs> and it looked like it, too. It looked like I had done it, right? Like, I don't know, you hold the ball, and then you fake it to this guy. Then you, like s- that's- you spread? I don't really, I didn't, I just sort of skimmed the manual. You just stand farther apart. These Ikea manuals aren't very clear. Let me give you a quote from this Jake Trotter article, which really should win a Pulitzer. (laughs) (laughs) Shitting on Charlie. (laughs) Meanwhile, the summer after his first season at Kansas, Weiss famously referred to his team as a pile of crap before turning the program into, well, just that. My my favorite thing Charlie Weiss did at Kansas was when he took that, when I I think they were practicing at Arrowhead, Arrowhead Stadium. And he took a picture of, like, essentially an empty section down near the field because it was open to the public. And without any wink or nod, just tweeted out, great crowd we got out here supporting Jayhawks football. It was just yeah, it was, just, it was like, some camp dudes. thing with, like, nine people in the Arrowhead stands. That was when you knew the man had, had given up. All fucks that he once had. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And he's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like the uh, amount of money, the amount of money that man, like I, I hope that I hope he shows up to the bank with a ski mask on. <laughs> Are you robbing this bank? No, this not is just th- n- not this one. <laughs> no, I just, I just feel comfortable in this. Yeah, yeah it's just habit. <laughs> he, uh, yeah. And now they have David Beatty, who's a perfectly fine coach, who's going to have to coach Kansas now. He says he sees the whole thing as an opportunity, and I just want to hug it, just pet him. That's the kind of thing like an optimistic dad says after a wildfire burns down your house. Well, it's stage two. Well, you know, we, we had to clean out the garage anyway, so in some ways this was a blessing. The doctors caught it early. Um, I'm really reevaluating my relationships. 
They <laughs> caught it early. It was an arm. Yeah, it was an arm. Lost like 10 pounds. Yeah, they don't tell you this about cancer, but man, it's slimming. This is, I think you should know, Spencer, this is the second time you've made a cancer reference about a Big 12 team in the history of this podcast. Well, the other, the other was Mac Brown in Texas, so congratulations. <laughs> that bodes well for you, Kansas. It, it did take several years and was painful. <laughs> that one, it really sunk its claws in. It did. <laughs> and the, the damn pliers to get and, that thing out. And the cure might have been worse than the disease itself. Yeah, but you know, cancer's pretty good on TV when all's said and done. <laughs> I'm saying, man. <laughs> Tell you, he says he, he doesn't say much bad about anything else. Like Mac Brown and Phil Steele, I don't know. This team could surprise me this mm-hmm. year. Man, this is a really, really mean episode. Big 12 brings out this damn sass. Well, it's, hey, listen, it's Texas. We got some Texas sass. <laughs> this is all Texas straight talk. Texas, you got you to bring, bring your honesty here. You don't, you don't walk in here with your boots on. You got to be ready to kick some We're shit. We're going to burn them right between the eyes if they bring that bullshit around here. Hey, you get on that horse, man. Them reins don't pull themselves. I got, I got terrible news. It's mm. 56 minutes into this podcast, and we have not done a single reader question. That's fine. We don't have to do them this week. <laughs> All right, so here's what we're going to do. Next week, just oh, don't even bother sending us questions. Jesus. Let's use these. You know, these, just, these will keep. Oh. All right, right you, know, you, know, you, know, you know what we'll do? Big 12's dry. What we're going to do is go out to that mesquite tree. We're just going to put a little bit of vinegar on them. We're going to hang them there going to put a dog under him. I trust him. He's not going to eat it. And then uh, when we come back, they're going to be question jerky. This is awful. Yeah, I they'll feel, keep. Yeah. I feel, I feel terrible. 